All right, bradcooney.com is absolutely honored to have on board attorney and Fox News contributor Ebony Williams. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Oh, absolutely, Brad. Super, my pleasure. This is going to be totally fun. Awesome, man. Definitely glad you came on board. All right, so I know we got a little bit of a time crunch, so I got a bunch of stuff I'm going to throw at you here real quick. Um, first and foremost, just breaking, just just while we were waiting to get this set up, uh, a Hawaii judge put a halt on the new travel ban that um, President Trump went back to the drawing board on, and that that's just got shot down um, nationally by this judge. Give me your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, we talked about this a bit, Brad, on our number today. I'm not going to say I'm shocked. Uh, just kind of the, the district and the political leanings of Hawaii do skew more liberal. And, look, it's pretty much they hung their hat on some of the same issues that we saw in the Ninth Circuit, which Washington State kind of spearheaded. So in, in Hawaii, they had a real claim in. This was a, a doctor, a Muslim doctor, who said his Syrian mother-in-law wouldn't be able to come into uh, the state to visit due to the travel ban. And, look, I, I said today, and I'll say it again on your show, it's a compelling argument. Now, does it outweigh the national security argument coming out of the White House? I'm not going to say that, but, but clearly we see here the federal judge in Hawaii felt that it did. So what do, you, what do you think President Trump and his team do now? I mean, I don't think they'll take it off the board again and go back the third time, do you? Not at all. Look, I think that like a lot of this type of legislation, it's going to test different regionally. So Hawaii, Ninth Circuit, stuff like that, it's, it's still not going to pass muster. But look, I think that they've got, I think that ultimately this is a case for the Supreme Court because right. the decision around how much power lies in the executive branch, especially the president, around immigration issues remains to be tested in a full way. So ultimately this ban, and I think in the modified form, is a lot better than what we saw a few weeks ago because I think that was way too broad and yeah. very much a disaster. This is much more tailored. Um, I personally still have some questions. Um, I think it could be more narrowly tailored, but it's in the right direction. This is an issue by the Supreme Court, Brad, and then we'll get a real answer, right? How far can CODIS go when deciding uh, on the, the, the limitations of immigration in the interest of national security? Right. Well, we definitely will find out. Okay, so let's move on to the uh, Affordable Care Act and the repeal that the GOP is trying to do here. Um, I wasn't really thrilled with the first version of it, but I'm really interested in your thoughts on where we are, where the GOP is right now on this repeal and replace situation. Well, listen, I'm not a Republican, Brad, but I'll tell you what, what disappointed me about it. First of all, I'm very candid, as you, you know, on there. I talk about the fact that I'm one of those people. I, I currently do not have a health care plan. Why? Well, I got a lot of questions about this, and so I want to clarify it. I'm a contributor in Fox. I know I function in a lot of different other business owner capacities. So healthcare is not a part of my quote job. Right. Now I look at the I look at the premiums, I look and make a decision. I decided seven hundred dollars a month is too much for me. Sure. Personally. I can't afford it. So therefore I pay for my health care out of pocket. And you know what, Brad? I save money that way. Personally. That's my situation as a relatively healthy young woman. The problem with the, the Republican health care plan that I see, it doesn't look like it's going to be cheaper. To me, it looks like it's an expansion of the Medicaid stuff. It, it looks like a repackaged version of the existing Obamacare plan, which is somebody who 
generally supported Obama, but hated Obamacare. I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed that after 40 attempts to repeal and replace Obamacare, because they found so many problems with it, that this is the best the Republican Party can come up with. I don't believe that. I don't buy that. I believe, you know, I'm an independent for this reason. If the Republicans show me a health care plan, Brad, that I can afford to give me coverage that, that's reasonable and affordable, I will support it all day long. I don't see that with this suggested plan. Yeah, I actually agree. Um, I'm a moderate Republican. I'm definitely not a right winger. I'm, 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 I have some beliefs on on the left side of the aisle as well, but I, I lean more towards the right. My thing is, they had seven years to get this right, and um, other than the mandate, I don't think they're going to make you know fine people for not signing up for it if it passes. Like you said, it's a lot of similarities in there. Just kind of a yeah, warning. Like, so that's the thing, right? Like I, I pay the penalty currently. Right. Uh, with the, 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 the GOP modification. You know, I appreciate them not penalizing me specifically yeah. for not buying a plan, but guess what? I'm still not going to buy a plan. So, here we go. You know? Exactly. Okay, so let's move forward to this. This is a mess, man. This whole wiretapping allegations and oh, yeah. do, we take Trump, we do we take his tweets literally? Do we not take them literally? Uh, who was listening to General Flynn? Who wasn't? Uh, Russian spies? What the hell, man? What's going on with this stuff? <laughs> I know he loves it. He loves the opportunity to bypass the mainstream media. Uh, I'm not really mad at him about that, Brad, but here's the issue. You can't have it both ways. If you want a direct line to communicate to the American people by virtue of your Twitter account, mm -hmm. you can't then also say, right, but I'm just kidding, or <laughs> I didn't mean it like that, or you yeah. know, don't take it so seriously. No, that's not how the way it goes. You're on record. It might not be uh, a court record, but Twitter is a record of its own. Yeah. So I really don't, I'm not going to give him slack on that. I'm going to say you put it out there that President Obama and his administration wiretapped, that's the verbiage used, so show me the receipts. Show us the receipts, I should say. And I think that's a fair expectation. If you're going to make a claim like that, look, I'm not saying I don't necessarily believe that's possible or feasible. You know, I, I personally think the NSA is listening to everything anyway. Mm -hmm. So I could buy it, but then you've got to show some offering of proof, yes. as you say in the law, to support that type of allegation. Otherwise, now I'm going to call your credibility into question, and, and, and I'm going to feel vindicated in doing so. Yeah, I, I agree with that as well. I think Twitter's great. If you want to announce, like, some policy ideas and... You know, saving jobs and getting Ford to stay here. Tweet that. That's great. But you can't. You, you can't. You can't accuse a former sitting president of the United States of committing a felony without some, without backing that up. You just can't do it. I agree. One one of the things I hear a lot about you is you're you're very objective, and I think that's why your fan, your fan base is is big and it's getting bigger. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts. Yeah, yeah, I hear that a lot. I hear a, 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 yeah, no, and I appreciate that because look, I I, I don't proclaim to, to, to quote be right, and I'm not on air on Fox or anywhere else to get people to agree with me, Brad. I think you know that about me. Yeah, I, I do. offer up my perspective. I offer up my experience in the courtroom, and I enjoy the back and forth. I enjoy the engagement of this conversation. 
just like we're having right now, I don't get offended. I don't get, you know, uh, personally, as, as the kids would say, in my feelings mm-hmm. uh, around disagreement. I think that's, a, as American as apple pie. So that, that feedback of objectivity is something I'm very proud of. And you, and you should be. And I was going to seg that, segue that into... Um, the media and and bias, um, and I think it. I really think it works both ways because I'm not, not going to get into you know name dropping networks here, but there's networks on the left they really lean left, and then there's some that really lean right, and I think that it does a disservice to the American people who just want the freaking news. Just tell us the yeah. news without the slanting. So I wanted to get your thoughts. What do you think about that? Do you, do, you, do you, first of all do you agree? that there are networks out there that, that, that don't really shoot straight because of politi- political you know, favorites and things like that. Okay, so I get to be super candid because this is a podcast format and I'm going to take advantage of it. Yeah, absolutely. Here it is, Brad. Absolutely, there are networks that lean left. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, there are networks that lean right. And there are networks that lean in both of those directions to the extreme. Right. You know why? Because there's a fiscal incentive to do so. That's the truth. There's a fiscal incentive that these networks, whatever they are, and whatever side they're leaning all the way into, feel that that is their, their fiscal base, that there's a business model designed around not shooting straight, around not reporting objective news, around telling people what they feel they want to hear, and that's why we see a news cycle that looks the way it looks today. I am very proud of the work that I do on my network, and some of my colleagues, and I do have friends at other networks that I can stand up and say, that's a journalist. Mm-hmm. That's someone who is trying to be truthful and honest. Unfortunately, can I say that about everybody that's on air? Heck no, because there are people that have decided it is fiscally to their advantage to be dishonest, even when they know better, because it echoes a sentiment that they feel viewers want to hear. And it's very, very sad, and it's something that I am really disheartened by, to be, like, super straight with you. Yeah, and I appreciate that candidness, and that's why I asked, I knew I'd get a, a straight shot from you. And it's really unfortunate, and the people, you know, Demo- good, there's some really good Democrats and really good Republicans in this country. I love their country. Yeah, and they yeah. love their country on both sides of the aisle, and they just want to be told the they truth. Yeah. A fellow brother and sister, but some of this other crap we're seeing right now—it's it's crap, Brad. It's yep. crap, and it, it, it's the disintegrating of democracy as we know it. In five to ten years from now, I'm afraid as to what the quote news cycle is going to look like. Yeah, me too. Okay, um, one more thing, and then we'll jump into some pop culture things. And, and uh, I wanted you to get your thoughts on the North Korea situation. Um, I'm I'm a 51 year old veteran. I had, I had a secret clearance at one point in my life, and so I, I know I know you know what you know what can happen behind the scenes and what's going on in certain waterways. And I'm a little bit concerned with what's going on with North Korea Korea right now, more so than I've ever been. In fact, um, so what what are your thoughts on the, the? It seems like there's been a real increase in, in testing by North Korea. And now we have Donald Trump in there who's, in my opinion, Donald Trump's not the guy uh, for North Korea to push. And it's kind of it's concerning. Yeah, so that's what I think, I think for me, Brad, and, and God bless you for your service. But for many of us lay people, or civilians, if you will, that really don't know to the full extent how far 
have to be um, reliant on y'all's experience because I think two things are going on from my vantage point. A, this is a political test of Donald Trump's toughness, mm-hmm. right? You know, he said this, he campaigned on that. We know what we have with Obama. We put many people perceived him as someone, you know, weaker that we can take advantage of. Let's see if, if Trump is for real or if he was all talk. I think that's something at play. But I also think, I also think, and this is probably more scary to me than the political game that might be going on. There's a legitimate issue around North Korea and them trying to undermine our allies, mm-hmm. our allegiances, and, and that part, because I think they might see this as an opportunity, and this is one thing that I don't like, Glad I think as divided as we are as a nation around a lot of issues, and we are not cohesive, we are not joint, and we are not strong politically as a unit, and I think other countries are looking at that as an opportunity to take advantage, and that also might be a play with what we're Korea. Mm, that's a great point. That's a really good point, man, because if there's not solidarity over here, you know, amongst our borders. What are we? We're divided. You yeah. Divided yeah. Yeah. Great points. All right, so let's jump into some stuff a little a little uh, less stressful. <laughs> uh, you know what's really cool? This National Museum of uh, the African American History Culture. The, 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 Have you been? Have you been I, 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 I try. I, you, it, it's like... Yeah, it's like months and months and months and months waiting list to get in there. Um, have you been there? That's the question. Have you been there? So, so I tried to get in, didn't get in. I had the privilege of getting in just a month ago. Well, actually, during inauguration. I was in D.C. covering inauguration. The day after, I was able to get into the museum. And look, it's spectacular. Um, I was able to see about eight of the floors. I mean, it, it's, it's stunning. Anybody that gets to go should go. I, as a person that majored in communications and African-American studies at Chapel Hill, I still learn stuff, Brad. Oh, wow. Deep and complex uh, the history is. And, and just any history, Bob, even if you have someone that's just totally into just the black history of America, it's a history museum, first mm-hmm. and foremost. So I encourage every person, every American uh, to go check that out and learn more about, you know, all of our collective story. It's really fascinating. Oh, it's a done deal for me. I just got to wait because it's like forever to get in that, get in there. Um, yeah, so you can get a call Oprah, you know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give me the hookup, Ebony. I, I don't know, yeah, you don't I'll want I'll people to not do, brother. Text, <laughs> text, you know, All right, so um, the the Oscar Awards, I wanted to get your, your um, yeah, I wanted to get your take. Um, it seems like this past, this is the most recent Oscar Awards, I saw the most African-American wins, deservingly so, I might add. Um, than I've ever have. So I think we're slowly trending in the right direction for fairness, but I still think there's a lot of work to do for African Americans to have more opportunities for leading roles um, and in major parts in films. Can you give me your thought? Can you, can you share your thoughts on that? So that's the issue, right? Whether they are LGBT, women's story, 
that has to be on the table if there is to be a war given for them. So what I'm happy about is not just that, oh, some of these black people won this year. What I'm happy is that the stories were told. Mm-hmm. So for that, I applaud, you know, the filmmakers, the writers, uh, and, and ultimately the executives who greenlit these projects. So that's great. You know, a, a great example is the African American women that were involved in the Apollo program in NASA. The, 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 oh yeah, the most hidden figures. Yeah, hidden figures. Those women. My sorority sisters, by the way, I have to a shout out to that. Yeah, <laughs> they were fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. I got my catalog racks in my house because we get one every quarter. And the woman, Katherine Johnson, who was literally one of the, the women rolled on stage in a wheelchair, she was on the cover. Uh, and oh, wow. It just brings you to tears. Like, my God, she's literally a living, breathing part of American history. That's unbelievable. Great stuff, man. All right, um, just just two more things, and I'll let you go. Um, I want to talk about racism in 2017. Um, where 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 do you think America is at with racism? You know, currently where we are right now, as opposed to like the 70s and the 80s and the 60s. You know, back then. a good friend of mine, African-American guy named Vivek. He's, he used to write for the NBA. He's a boxing journalist now and it's into like combat sports and stuff like that. But one of the things I really cherish about our friendship is exactly what you just said about your your Jewish friend. Me and him talk about race relations all the time and it's so great to get his perspective and, sure. for, and for him to get mine. And we, we both just share and we just learn from one another. Um, a lot of things. There's a lot of things about the African-American culture and race that I didn't know until I started talking to him and, and, and without any kind of nervousness. Just, just, yeah, you know, yeah. Just, yeah. I'm gonna, look, people shouldn't be penalized for asking questions. Right. You know what I'm saying? And vice versa. Like, I'm not going to pretend to understand the white experience or the Latina experience or 
for the LGBT experience. But you know what? I can ask the question, and we can be we can we can trust one another's intentions, and that's what's missing. For the record, Brad, that's what's missing in the dialogue. We don't trust one another's intentions behind the question. Mm-hmm. And even when we get to the place where we can trust one another's intentions of pure curiosity and pure betterment of our relationship, then we can have the conversation. Yeah, great, exactly right. Okay, I'm going to let you go. Before I do, I want to give you an opportunity to uh, share with my listeners, everybody listen to this, uh, where they can follow you on your social sites and any websites or any projects you're working on. Just go ahead and uh, yeah, follow yours. I super appreciate that, Brad. So, you can follow me on Twitter at Ebony, E-B-O-N-I, Kane Williams. I'm working on a couple of very cool projects. I'm proud to executively producing this documentary called American Trial. You can follow that on Twitter at American Trial. Also, another documentary. This one's called Decoding the President. So, you talked about Trump's election and also, look at Trump, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, and, and, and also Reagan. They don't seem like they have anything in common, but they all lead it to the old. So, we talk about how that happened. Uh, and that's also a documentary I'm producing coming out this spring. So, really excited. Pretty powerful, of course. My book comes out this summer. Uh, that'll be on free sale very soon. And uh, obviously, I'll be on Fox News in the coming weeks. Oh, I got a lot of good stuff to have you back on the show to follow up for, that's for sure. Uh, 100% Brad, you're fantastic. We appreciate all of your support, truly. Uh, It does not go unnoticed, and it's a pleasure, and I really look forward to joining you again in the coming months. The pleasure is mine, because you're somebody who does national TV, so for you to come on a smaller podcast is is very, very, very much appreciative. You do an important work. Look, to me, Brad, it's all as important as, as, as anything else. You know, so seriously, kudos to you.